go to sleep. Hello, this is Dwight, and this is the first episode of Cryptcast. I had the idea of doing this podcast a month or two ago, but spent some time thinking of how to approach this and what I would like to accomplish with this. And I still am not completely sure. I have heard several interesting uh, podcasts on the disabled. Uh, Most of them have been pretty much informational, which is uh, not a bad thing. It is important to get uh, information on different disability issues out uh, out there. Uh, Most of the ones I've been hearing have seemed to be by the blind. Uh, I haven't really found any that address the basically challenged in general. Uh, As far as uh, people in wheelchairs and things like that. Uh, there may be some out there, but I don't know where they're at. Uh, maybe if some people hear this and know some, they could uh, send me some links and I could mention them. Uh, I want this to be more than just uh, information on disability issues and things in the news. I feel it's important to have this be more about uh, my life in general, I guess. Because although uh, it's important for the disabled to have uh, access to different types of information, it's also important to see just how people live. Uh, That might not be too interesting for people who already have their own disabilities, but maybe for other people. I guess I can start by giving you a little information about myself. As I said, my name is Dwight. Uh, I have Duchenne muscular dystrophy and am 30 years old. Uh, as far as Duchenne muscular dystrophy goes, according to the prognosis that doctors give, uh, 30 is quite, quite old to be living with this disease still. But although I say that, uh, the doctors and the MDA website, they always give pretty much the worst case scenario or the averages. Um, I I think this can be a bit of a disservice, but I also understand where they are coming from. They don't want to give people false hope of people living for a long, long time because they don't want to have this hope and then have that 
taken away from people, from their um, families and things like that. So it is a little understandable. Uh, my disease is basically a progressive uh, muscle degeneration or muscle wasting disease. Uh, so, my condition over many years has slowly uh, progressed. Um, I was able to walk uh, until I was about nine. Uh, my family didn't really notice any uh, abnormal ab abnormalities or or any problems with me until I was around five and started to have trouble um, walking upstairs, and then I started to end up walking on uh, my tippy toes. And then I started falling more and more often. Uh, I was able to walk until I was about nine. Uh, at this time, I was wearing leg braces that went all the way up to nearly my hip. I was walking with these. And one night, I had taken them off while I was relaxing watching television. And then, when I was walking on my way to bed, I fell, and you could hear a loud crack. Um, at first, my family didn't think it was that bad, but when I kept uh, complaining about the pain in my leg, they took me to the ER, and it turned out I had a break of my femur bone almost complete, almost up to my hip joint. Uh, it didn't, it wasn't high enough to be the hip. Well, anyways, they, uh, had me in traction for a few months. And then after that, I was in a, a body cast from the mid, uh, mid chest all the way down my legs. Uh, the doctor, he wasn't very familiar with, uh, my disease. So he kept me in the cast a lot longer. Than, than I had to be. I must have been laid up for a good six months. Uh, finally, after about three visits to this doctor, and he kept refusing to take the cast off, we decided to go to one of MDA's doctors. And they immediately had me put in the hospital and took the cast off. And it was on so long, my one leg had become pretty much raw from having the cast on. Uh, so it took a little while for that to heal up. And while I was in the hospital, they tried to do some rehabilitation to get me to walk again. But I, was, I had been laid up so long in my muscles had grown so weak that that was pretty much it. I think we tried for a few weeks, at least a month, I believe. And I wasn't getting any better or any closer to walking, so 
we decided at this point it was uh, better off just to go to the wheelchair completely. So I was in the wheelchair when I was about nine and I pretty much had some good uh, good upper body strength still, uh, considering everything, but uh, gradually this would start to weaken also. Uh, I think I, I was, um, I really started to notice a weakening of that, maybe when I was about, let's say, early teenager, uh, 12, 13, I started to have to, like, slide my arms or, uh, across the table to do anything. I couldn't really lift them anymore. Um, you know, I stayed pretty much the same, I believe, through, uh, through high school, as far as my upper body strength and things like that. Uh, and then, uh, when I was in, uh, let's see, when was this, maybe when I was either senior year of high school or, uh, freshman year of college is when I stopped being able to write. I couldn't, uh, hold the pen or pencil anymore. Uh, I graduated high school. In June of 1993, and uh, a week or two after that, I started a college at a local community college. Uh, and at this around this point, I'm going to a respiratory doctor, seeing her maybe once or twice a year. And they would do different tests for my lung capacity and things. And it came to the point where my lung function had gotten very diminished and I was actually getting some sleep apnea where I would wake up uh, short of breath. So the doctor had recommended that I start using a ventilator and uh, have a a trick. Uh, I kind of knew what to expect in that regard because my brother had gotten the same thing uh, several years before that. So it wasn't a great shock that I would need this eventually. But uh, when she said this, I was in the middle of a semester of school and I wanted to finish up the exams on that before we actually scheduled a time to get this done. Well, I made it through the exams. It was maybe a week before Christmas. And I started to get a cold. And I had, um... I had woken up one morning. Uh, a lot of coughing, but I couldn't really clear any of the secretions. And eventually, during the day, I kept getting more and more difficult to breathe. So, uh, with my brother already having respiratory problems, 
we had a pulse oximeter which basically you put a probe on your finger and it tells you what your oxygen saturation is 100 being the highest and at I was down to about maybe at 80 which is uh, not good but I still wasn't uh, feeling lightheaded or like I was going to pass out but then slowly started to drop and drop so by the time the we had called an ambulance uh, luckily the fire department was not even a quarter mile from the house so by the time we called them and they got to the house at that point uh, I started to panic and ended up passing out which is understandable when you're not getting in the air uh, they, uh, they kept trying to get a, uh, to intubate me or get a breathing tube down at the house, and eventually, uh, they, they never got it placed properly, but eventually I came to and started breathing again. So they took me to the hospital, and at the hospital they stuck a catheter up my nose and down my throat to suction out some of the some of the secretions and then they they brought me to one hospital close to the house when I had the trouble and then they stabilized me they transferred me to another hospital uh, which my doctor used a lot and we were going to schedule a time to get the the trick put in so I could uh, have the help of the ventilator for breathing well so we get there that night I go to sleep and the next thing I know I wake up and I already have the trach in and the ventilator in uh, doing the breathing for me I had no idea what happened really but I was told after someone came into the room that the night I went in the hospital I had um respiratory problems again and got a, what they call a mucus plug where that mucus had gotten so thick it like blocked my airway so at that point, they just did a, an emergency tracheotomy so I could start uh, breathing again, and that's what happened. So I assume they had me sedated for a day or two. And that is pretty much how I came to be on the ventilator. Uh, at first, it was all the time. Uh, they tried to wean me off so I could use it just to sleep. Uh, it didn't quite work in the hospital, but once I was home, and in my familiar environment, I was able to do it myself slowly, and got to the point where I just needed it to sleep. But then, over the years, every time I get a respiratory infection, it seems like my capacity to breathe would diminish until eventually 
I need the ventilator all the time. Well, this might be a bad thing because that means I had weakened. It was also good because I actually had more energy doing that. I didn't have to put out all this effort just to breathe. Um, I think that pretty much brings us up to date as far as physically what the disease has uh, done to me. Um, well, I used to be able to drive my wheelchair with a joystick, and then eventually I couldn't do that safely. So they had these these buttons that I used to drive. I was able to use those for a few years, but then about maybe a year, a year and a half ago, even that became dangerous. I didn't have the dexterity and control of my fingers to use them after two or three times of almost running over little children. Uh, that was about it for me. I decided to stop doing it. It wasn't worth the risk of hurting myself or somebody else. Um, let me see how I'm doing on time. Wake up, press face for go to sleep. Well, I am approaching the 20 minute mark, so I am probably going to wrap this up now. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but usually after 20 to 30 minutes of listening to any one podcast, I usually start to get my attention lost. Uh, I don't know if you heard when I was doing this, but you may have heard me say go to sleep after I said, uh, or I said wake up. After I said I was going to check the time, uh, well, in order to use the computer, since I don't really have much use of my arms, I used a voice recognition program called Dragon Naturally Speaking. Uh, I have used different voice recognition products since I was in high school. Uh, I think I started using one by IBM, but I'm not sure what the name of it was. But from what I understand, the IBM version was just a copy of the Dragon Systems one. Uh, over the years, they've improved pretty good. It used to be you can only do like one word at a time. Now they've gotten to the point where you can just keep speaking and it will just type everything out for you. Uh, the price has also come down quite a bit. It used to be you had to pay several hundred dollars for this type of technology. But I think the version I have I got for about fifty dollars. As far as computer and technology things go, that's a pretty good price. And if you are in school or working with your state's vocational rehabilitation program, you should be able to get someone to pay for that for you. Um, 
I will either keep this podcast as is or add some work to it at another time because as you can probably hear my voice is starting to get scratchy which means I should probably stop uh, talking for the time being. Uh, Well, I hope I didn't bore anybody to tears and hopefully I can do some more interesting things with this in the future. Maybe some music from some disabled artists or even some interviews of people who are disabled and doing something with their lives or their work with the disabled. Or another good idea I would like to do is have some of these I guess they call them soundscapes where people will go out and about and have a recorder of some sort with them either describing different scenes or just to allow people to listen in on the day-to-day life of the person. Well, I hope you tune in again if you've downloaded this. Thank you, and good night. Wake up. Press face for it.